Welcome, welcome to Mozzie and the Muscle, our show about all things football and, well, maybe just a few things outside of that. We are not reporters, we are not journalists, but damn it, we do love to talk about it. Welcome into Mozzie and the Muscle. I'm the Muscle, joined by my co-host, Mozzie the Spread God. Ha! <laughs> uh, it was a good week for the spread calls, man. I said yeah, it was upset it. week, and I went with a lot of covers because uh, I wasn't quite confident enough to pick some of the teams. I ended up with like 11-3 and three on the spreads just because I... Uh, there were two, I, there were two I didn't pick. I think one was Carolina San Fran and one was maybe oh the Giants and uh, Packers because it was in London. Oh yeah, I'm like I'm not, <laughs> not not buying in. Nope. Mm. <laughs> we we always do all of the game picks, but like sometimes what'll happen is either that or we'll like make the game picks and then be like oh I don't know on the spread or the total and then we'll like forget about it. That's what I do right. at least. <laughs> so whatever I don't make picks that uh, I forgot say we definitely have you know the thursday where we familiarize ourselves with the games and kind of what we expect and then we get the injury information throughout the week and a lot of times we'll make some just some minor changes to our picks and like little things throughout the week by sunday yeah it's uh there's so much that comes out that you you have to adjust and especially when recording on thursday when we record thursday nights we have a little more news but today we're recording in the afternoon it's when we're when we're both off, so we're we're going into this uh, not fully blind, not like Stevie Wonder, but like definitely with some intense stigmatism. So um, right, <laughs> yeah. But we'll we'll go ahead and get into that, and maybe wishing I was blind for this Thursday game. Um, <laughs> this won't be up in time for the uh, for, like for this game, so we're just gonna go over our picks and obligatory uh, fuck Dan Snyder. If if all the NFL owners hate you, you're a real shitbag. Yeah, that's like being the most hated disease <laughs> <laughs> out of all the other diseases. Yeah, it's and all the brutal. other diseases hate you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so we're picking Chicago. Um, it's a gross one. The spread's minus one. So taking the cover there with Chicago because it's, it's it's very tough to not cover one point, but it's doable. Um, I'm going over 38. Where where are you at with with the total? I think for this one, I am gonna also take the over. I'm not confident though. I'm not, but I think it's a it'll be a, an entertainingly terrible game. That's so what like, I'm I, hoping. I think there could be you know defensive scores and turnovers, um, random broken plays, just all around bad, great football. <laughs> In in a different way than the other Thursday night game with the Broncos, though. Which was just bad, bad football. Yeah. That one was, it, it turned into, at a certain point, so terrible that I couldn't look away, though. Oh, it turned into a comedy of errors. It was amazing. <laughs> like, oh, of course this game's going to go to overtime because it's the worst game we've ever watched. And why put, you know, why end it now? Broncos fans leaving when overtime started was yeah. one of the funniest things I've ever seen. 
and they they save themselves some time because it <laughs> they still <laughs> man what a fucking terrible game but um oh. yes um next up we've got new england at cleveland this one's kind of tough i've got cleveland for now but this is a this is a hard one this is a really tough one i'm i went into the week kind of leaning new england so really quickly just new england and detroit i think the easy response to that is just that detroit is terrible and new england just kind of did what they had to do but i also think there's the other side of it which is that new england is a lot better than people are giving them credit for um which makes sense because they have a very good head coach and they know how to adjust their defense constantly. They're very sound. They are a well-oiled machine in the run game. Uh, so they're definitely not like a terrible team by any stretch of the imagination, which is something I talked about in the Packers game as well. Yeah. I was leaning New England a little bit, but I really think Cleveland sh- can win this because they're kind of the same and I think they just do the same thing, but Cleveland is a little bit more star-studded in that regard. Yeah, this is kind of like the Spider-Man meme in a way to me. Right. Fun <laughs> game. Yeah, and the yeah th- that game last week, we both it was one of those things where we like the Lions and hate the Pats so much that we just couldn't bring ourselves to pick the Pats, even though like. If we, we fully acknowledged they would probably win. It was just like, fuck We don't that. want to, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. If Amon Ra hadn't been in at all, I think that might have pushed me over. But it yeah. was, yeah, it was a tough one. Um, But, yeah, they, they, they grinded that one out. And Cleveland has been terrible on run D. They got uh, Deion oh, Jones from Atlanta, who was good for a brief bit and fell off a cliff. Um, yeah. Yeah, but it was like I mean, almost all pro at one point. Yeah, and then just I don't know what happened. Injury didn't recover well. I can't remember exactly, but that sounds about right. I mean, I would assume so. That's usually what it is. It's usually not just like fucking random. Although sometimes it is. But <laughs> yeah, this is a uh, and like on the Cleveland side, like they could, they could run on anybody, but New England is not like a fierce run defense or anything. So this is gonna be you know probably a pretty low paced game where we just have a whole lot of running and that's what teams want to do um the big thing though is damian harris is out uh ramon did look great uh he got like 90 percent of the snaps but those are the only two backs active i assume this week they're gonna have uh one of the rookies i can't remember which one is on ir and which one's active they have a uh, pierre strong that'll probably be the backup to ramondre gotcha gotcha so yeah that'll probably be it or maybe they'll get tom montgomery active too who knows and wide receiver for the Patriots got really weird last week because Myers came back and got a bunch of snaps, but like it got split a ton after that. Like it's clearly Jacoby Myers, and then it's like a big fucking mess. But uh, their rookie just came back last week pretty quickly, and they got him, you know, decently involved, like a forty-two percent snap share. So like I think they'll probably work him in and like get him ramped up pretty quickly. Uh yeah. I uh, I also think there's a chance mac jones is back this week it's, i mean that it would be a big help <laughs> a little, it seems a little early but that's kind of why i'm going back and forth on my pick overall yeah if he comes back that might push me to the pats but yeah my biggest problem is that i think if i'm not wrong it just seems like deja vu when watching the games that jacoby Brissett has basically thrown a pick at, at the end of like 
every game this year. Uh-huh. Not maybe not everyone, but he did against the Chargers, he did against the Falcons, and he did against the Jets. I don't know uh they beat the Steelers, so that mm-hmm. is good mm-hmm. for them. Um but yeah, three of their last four games he's thrown a pick late when they needed him, and that worries me a little bit against Bill. Um because they're obviously well coached. Uh, I don't know. I'm. It's kind of a gross game where I'm kind of just like running backs and probably kickers are what I'm going for. I get. I could definitely see a, a kicker game here. My one of my one of my concerns though that I do have is Bill knows Brissett well, so I'm a little torn there. I'm like, they should be able to run you know fairly well the whole game, but. We saw, like, when Bill, like, has your number, he has your number. Like, and yeah. you have to evolve, which I do think Brissett, you know, has evolved since the time with the Pats, but that is something that, like, gave me a little pause. I'm like, hmm, Bill knows this guy. Yeah, he does. I just don't know how much uh, it'll ultimately, like, it might come down to not coaching, which is what favors Cleveland for me, uh-huh. if that makes sense. Well, not not coaching, but the pre-game game plan coaching important the actual game is going to be whose line is dominating the run game and which running backs are just not being able to be stopped and mm-hmm. right now that favors cleveland to me even though new england will do it well too cleveland's gonna do it better yeah i think what right now is also pushing me to cleveland is they just have more talent they so much <laughs> chubb hunt and uh even though hunt's not looked great uh cooper as well and joku yeah. the pats had you know they got like ramadre and you could baby say jacoby myers but like <laughs> and like, hunter henry you know, like, it's it's it heavily favors cleveland there but we'll go ahead and move on to your jets at green bay and we both have the jets covering the seven and a half point spread that was pretty that was too high um but how, how are you feeling on this game i'm a little torn I'm very torn. I actually don't know if I can pick this one because I feel I either feel like a homer picking the Jets or I feel like a homer picking the Packers because <laughs> I expect the Jets to disappoint me. So, like, I'm kind of uh, stuck in a space where either way I feel biased. Um, here's what I will say. Green Bay is currently rushing uh, at the 19th highest i suppose is the right word rate mm-hmm. like they should be running the ball a lot more considering they have a good o-line aaron jones and aj dillon i think part of that is because they're really trying to get their rookie wide receivers and all of their new pieces together um but ultimately green bay will win if aj dillon has a good game and i think that that's possible i heard a lot of talks about dillon doing well last week and he had like some of the fewest amount of just overall attempts and touches on the ball. Yeah. They need to fix that because it's starting to get like, why are you not running the ball? This is what you need to be doing. I also think that Rogers gets really conservative with the football when he doesn't want to throw picks. And I think it's because he wants to protect his INT ratio. (laughs) It's not something he used to do, but now he gets way more conservative when like, he used to not and the jets have gotten seven picks over the past uh five weeks which is good for like one and a half a game so i i really think that like 
unless Green Bay is just stupid stubborn and tries to throw a lot, they should win if they try to run the ball, and that's kind of where I'm leaning, but they have to try to run the ball. Yeah, I can't remember where I heard it, and I'll, I have to source it to confirm it, but apparently Rodgers is wanting to throw more, and so it didn't really work out that well, because it, not <laughs> necessarily because of him, but because like of their receiving group. Like, yeah, It's Lazard, Dobbs, and Cobb, like, and at tight end, it's, you know, Tunyon and Mercedes Lewis blocking and catching London touchdowns. Like, it's, <laughs> they just don't have enough pass-catching talent to to not run. And they have, like, two really good running backs. I'm like, why the fuck are you having this pass-to-rush ratio? Like, I'm all for passing when it's, you know, when you should. And if, you, if you're best at that, like the fucking Bills, they never fucking run. But that's because that's they should be passing all the time. The, right. the Packers are built to run. And they sometimes have a great O line. Yeah, their O line. I was <laughs> I was doing the uh, trench matchup this morning, and it's funny. So the game we just talked about, and this game make up four of the five best trench matchups. <laughs> like New oh England is the best, Cleveland's is fourth best, and then Green Bay's is third. The Jets are fifth. Um, wow. In this game, it's a lot of like uh, Green Bay is really good at opening up holes. And like the Jets, like the Jets have like the tenth best adjusted line yards, and then the other way around, Green Bay's allowing a lot of like you know holes to open and stuff and line yards, and then yeah, so it's it's more of based on Green Bay's ability or inability on the which side of the ball than like the Jets being strong one way or the other on it, because um, like they're they're so their run D's solid, but it's not like elite like a couple of the teams in the league, so. Yeah, like it's when you've got Jones and Dylan at a top tier line, I'm just like, yeah, it's their second. So Green Bay's second in adjusted line yards behind the Raiders. They're third and second level yards, and they get stuffed at the lowest rate in the league at 9%, and the league average is 18%. So, like, they're not getting negative plays. And then when it happens, you've got AJ Dylan to make it a positive play. Right. So. AJ Dylan is like a monster between the tackles. And if Green Bay is getting holes there, then. And the Jets are allowing that, which the Jets run defense has gotten worse, but their pass defense has gotten better. Mm -hmm. They're balancing out a little bit, tipping the scales. Yep. So I'm going to I'm going to call A.J. Dillon. Nice. I'm calling it. Yeah, I think for now I'm on Green Bay. Um, I I am, too. Yeah. I think it's possible that, you know, Packers secondary is good, quite good. I think it's possible if the Packers establish a run game, if they're listening, please, that's what you're supposed to do. If you establish a run game and force the Jets to throw, you might be able to get some picks on Wilson. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where I'm leaning. Yeah, I'm not sure on the total here because if they both run, then it's going to be low, slow pace, probably go under, but like it, I could easily yep. see this going over too. That's why I, I just switched my total from over to hmm yeah, because not sure if, there. if Green Bay runs and Wilson's throwing picks it's not going to be high scoring <laughs> but but <laughs> next up we've got San Fran and Atlanta we're both taking the upset here with Atlanta Hell winning yeah. outright and of course covering the five and a half we're taking the under of 44 and a half and for me a lot of this is injury based the the Niners are pretty hurt they've got an, an elite defense on like every account but they're hurt, and Pitts will be back for Atlanta, presumably. And so, if you're, you said they're missing like Mosley, they're not going to have Armstead. They, 
I don't know about Bosa. My lean is that they won't have Bosa. And so, like, they won't have Jimmy Ward. They might be missing some other guys on the D-line. Like, it's... They're hurt. They're very hurt. So... Oh, they yeah. are super hurt. I feel like this happens to them every, like, two or three... Like, I don't know about every, every other year, but at least once every three <laughs> years, they just get super fucking hurt. Yeah. I don't expect uh, Bosa to play, which kind of hurts their pass rush a bit. Um, but they might also be down Abacom and Kinlaw and Armstead. They already are out uh, Jimmy Ward at free safety. And Trent Williams will not be back. Mm-hmm. Sorry, the rain. We had a 30-degree drop in uh, temperature and the rain in my my sinuses are going wackadoo. They're going macadoo wackadoo. Macadoo wackadoo. <laughs> Don't mind if I macadoo. That should be like the McDonald's catchphrase. <laughs> right. A big macadoo. Then they can uh, get they can probably get macadoo as a spokesperson for it too, you know. <laughs> um yeah. <laughs> that would yeah, he would absolutely love to do that. <laughs> like he's basically the poster child for McDonald's uh <laughs> Yeah, for McDonald's. You know, you come, the, he, he's like the quintessential dad that comes home, or stepdad, sorry, that comes home late from work and doesn't want to eat his wife's cooking, so he goes to McDonald's and gets a uh, something weird and gross like a filet of fish and then comes home and isn't super hungry. <laughs> filet of fish. And he, he <laughs> loves when they make ribs in season. Oh, oh my god, it's his favorite fucking thing. <laughs> Dude, don't, don't, don't you dare get around McAdoo with a McRib, man. He will hound you for it. <laughs> Uh, Andy Reid looks down on that presentation of a rib, but for McAdoo, <laughs> it's just fine. Um, but yeah, I uh, I kind of like London this week, as in the uh, player. T- <laughs> yeah, Emmanuel I... Mosley. They might be down a lot of pass rush. Mariota is good at escaping pressure, even though like the pass rush is good. He's good at escaping it too. Um, and we might have Pitts back as well. Yes, that would be huge. Like, just to want to open things up for London, it helps with their blocking on both fronts, and it, they're just so much better with him. I feel like they might have won last week if they had Pitts. I don't know. I hope so. I like to think so. <laughs> That's what I'll I tell be- myself. <laughs> if not for the, you know, that they had to play two teams, unfortunately, the Bucks and the refs. Um <laughs> The one thing I do want to bring up, though, is this is Arthur Smith at home against former head coach Kyle Shanahan in Atlanta. I just have a feeling that this is a cursed place for Shanahan, man. I hope so. Like, I'm like, this is either going to be an awesome dismantling of Shanahan or like we're just going to see the Falcons like collapse randomly. But I think we'll get the former. I don't think we're going to see Atlanta collapse this year. I think that they're... They're, they have a good coach. I think they found their coach, man. Yeah, I I really hope so. I And I uh, I kind of like him as a coach more than Shanahan, not going to lie. <laughs> I don't know how to feel about Shanny sometimes. Sometimes I'm like, oh, he's good. Sometimes I'm like, what's he? what the fuck's he doing? Yep. Like, he probably, I think he, like, big brains too much. I don't fucking know. But, yeah, I heard some something earlier about, like, I keep hearing, like, little talks about, like, oh, when's Ritter going to go in? I'm like, he's not going to go in this year. Like, no. at, at this rate, no. Like, they're winning games and staying in games like as long as they're competitive and like in the hunt we're not gonna see Ritter no the the only way you see Ritter is if Mariota unfortunately gets hurt and I hope he doesn't because Mariota's played really well for Mariota yeah I mean he's (laughs) 
he's not working with the best roster. He's escaping pressure well. Mm-hmm. He uh, is getting the ball to his guys, and he does what Mariota does, which is he doesn't make a whole lot of errors, which is really important when you need to kind of maximize you know, your offensive potential. I like that they have him doing a lot of design runs. Yeah. This is on, this is what I've talked about with Mariota like all the fucking time is that he's a good design run quarterback, but not a good scrambling quarterback. <laughs> you have it's said the that weirdest before. thing, but it's so fucking true. And they're getting him going on design runs. I think oh, Arthur Smith like realizes that, like, oh, okay, I seem to give him design runs and we're good. Also, this is uh while we're on it, we already talked about the Giants, but for fuck's sake I feel like the most obvious red flag that a coach is bad is when they do not, you know, change their offense to work with the players that they have. Mm-hmm. And the obvious examples right now are Brian Dable and Arthur Smith versus guys like, uh, I don't know, maybe Nathaniel Hackett. <laughs> And I'm not saying that you are necessarily a good coach just because you do that, but you are a bad one if you don't. That's just me. Yeah, it's <laughs> like we we talked about the Giants' offense, like with Dable and like how they literally have the high dimes offense and they like have one design runs and everything, and like the the offense is Saquon, and so right. It's yeah, and like Arthur Smith is getting wins with a pretty below average roster. Like I thought they were going to be garbage this year. And they're and I told not you garbage. they wouldn't be. <laughs> yes, I should have believed you. You know, I I didn't want to have any expectations coming in. You know, I you know I completely understand that as a Jets fan. <laughs> Just I wanted to let you know support you and let you know it's it it'll be okay. They're gonna have life, and it might work out great because if they lose every game but they cover every single spread and lose by, like, three, that's, like, best-case scenario. You get, like, the number one pick, and yeah. everyone knows that you're not bad. Uh-huh, yeah. Arthur Smith is, like, the spread god right now. Like, he's always covering, man. So <laughs> oh, Always be covering, like, AJ <laughs> Terrell. Ta-ha. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I texted you last week before the game, before we won the next one. I'm like, if AJ Terrell picks off Brady and they win, I'm going to get a Terrell jersey. <laughs> My, then it's oh, the yeah. namesake, you know, but... Yeah, man. Next up, we've got Jacksonville at Indy. We, okay, on paper, there is no reason to believe that Jacksonville shouldn't beat them again. Like, I know Indy was, <laughs> I know Indy was hurt last time, but everything, like, on paper, you know, metric wise, that was whatever, says, like, oh, the Jags should win, but this is football. This is a divisional game. They already split one. We're both saying Indy. Covering this minus two, going over twenty, or going over forty-two. Like I'm thinking, like twenty-four, twenty-one, but and that would fit everything. The so. annoying thing about the AFC South is that when they play each other, it's just a total shit show. <laughs> and more than likely, one of these defenses will be a good one to have in DFS. I don't know which one it's going to be though. I will let you decide that. But I will say that one of Jacksonville or Indy's defense will be good to have in DFS. Indy, I'm only taking them to like for the split. They lost to the Jags the first time. I think they'll beat them the second time. First one was in Jacksonville. This one's at home. I, yeah. I'm not going to go too big-brained into it because uh, it's an AFC South game. 
Yeah, I will say if Jonathan Taylor misses, I might switch, but we'll see. I, I When I was doing the stretch matchups, the Jacksonville defense is the one that if one of these is good, it would be them. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't feel like the Colts defense will do... There's not okay. There's not much reason to believe the Colts will do much. Although they they could like you know stuff them in the run and make them pass and they could fuck up passing just because like they don't have a ton of good receivers. But the Jacksonville defense like is probably gonna stuff their run again and they're gonna be getting some pressure. So I'm like mm, I don't know how this is gonna fold out for them. So I'm yeah I'm a little concerned about Indy's offense here because like I said on paper Jacksonville should win but like this is the, this is the Mozzie side. Yep. I I mean I it, exactly. I think Jacksonville's offense will it should definitely look better than last week. Mm-hmm. Uh Indy's secondary is terrible. Um their defense, I don't know. It's it's not playing well. I think they really miss Shaq out there. Is he going to be such back? a leader? He might be. He is still questionable. Gotcha. Yeah, having him back will be huge, especially against you know, J. Rob and Etienne. <laughs> I don't really have like a strong feeling about anyone in particular in this game. Do you? No, not really. I, I, I'm, I'm kind of just on board with if JT is healthy, play him. If he's not, play Dion. Yeah, I don't. Is Hines gonna be back? His concussion was pretty rough. Let's see. Yeah, it was a Thursday game though, so he has more time. That's true. If you made me say, I would think he'll be back, but we got to keep an eye on it practiced in non-contact so he must have cleared some form yeah like basically it it goes like it's kind of weird how it progresses but basically like you're not really like gonna have a full practice until you're like done 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 so yeah but i I think he'll get through it but again keep an eye on it and it mostly just matters if jt's out so next up we've got minnesota at miami um i've got minnesota winning and covering the minus three not sure on the total but you you have a little bit different take on this game this game intrigues me a little bit. Um, it's in Miami. They're home underdogs. And Skylar Thompson was not terrible last week. Everyone who's a, like all the Dolphins fans are like, oh, no wonder we lost. Skylar Thompson was awful. He really didn't play that badly. He was hard to sack. And if you ask me if there's any coach out there that can make things easier on their quarterback. It's definitely McDaniel down there mm-hmm. in Miami. So I don't think Miami's offense is screwed, especially with Tyree Kill and Waddle back healthy, both of them. I'm talking short passes that they can take really far, mm-hmm. probably to the end zone. Uh, Minnesota's secondary is pretty rough, and it is an, a, a good matchup for their offense to be paired up with that their skill positions can exploit. My other concern is that I think Xavier Howard might be back. If he's not, that will actually swing some things for me. But if he is, I, d- I just have weird Kirk vibes this week, man. He played <laughs> he played well last week, so there's nothing really to go off of that because like he's done well this year and everything except his primetime game. It's just a weird at-home situation where I think that Cousins might be throwing pick sixes to Xavier Howard and... It that's just my my inner mozzie meter going off that I I might be taking Miami. I'm not super torn on it. Like Minnesota should win and they should cover. It's their third string quarterback. If Tua was in, it'd be a whole different discussion. Mm-hmm. 
probably be taking Miami. But yeah, I uh, I'm really split on it right now. I'm leaning Miami with Xavier Howard back and Minnesota. Yeah, it's for me the big thing with Miami is Teron Armstead. Like if he's out, I don't think I can pick them. But if he's in, I think I'll feel a little more conflicted. If Minnesota didn't have decent safeties, I would be a little more concerned too about like the the receivers getting deep and stuff. But like they've got Harrison Smith and whatnot, so which yeah, which helps a lot. It's still Tyreek. Yeah, the the main thing is like the the matchup's gonna be can the Dolphins line, you know, if especially if Armstead misses and you know Skyler's mobility, can that beat the Minnesota front? That's kind of like the matchup here. Right. They're um. They're not huge. This is Ed Donatell's defense, I think, for Minnesota. Mm. He doesn't care as much about sacks. He cares, like, from his D-line. He wants to kind of plug up the run game. And uh, mm-hmm. I could potentially see more of a Chase Edmonds receiving this week, even though I don't love it, as opposed to Mostert, who I think is... There was a blurb, uh, like, earlier today, I think, about them wanting, like the OC wanting to get chase more involved again yeah i saw i saw moster pop up with a knee i'm like come on come on come on he's back to practice today but i'm like come the fuck out come on like <laughs> we know how this goes please don't please don't get hurt i'll be please please don't get hurt i want you to be okay i think uh miami defense is a sneaky pick for this one hmm. they might be super cheap i don't love it but if if kirk is having a pumpkin day it's a uh their defense piles on when the when Miami's defense plays well they usually kill teams yeah sometimes they'll just like blitz the shit out of you and pick you off and make you have a really bad time yeah so um oh yeah before we move on I I forgot to mention for the last game that we were on the Jacksonville one um I want to talk about some of the snap stuff with uh the Jacksonville running backs um ETN is he he outsnapped Robinson again, and he then he also outtouched and outplayed him this week. Um, I don't. There's not going to be a full takeover, but I think we're leaning towards the the sixty forty split in UTN's favor now. Um, there we go. And I thought about that because uh, Dalvin Cook only played like sixty percent of the snaps this past week. Um, what it was, I think it was like fifty seven exactly, which was a low for him. But when he was in, he got the ball a ton. He still got twenty touches when he was in. And Madison got 12 touches, so, like, they got a shitload of carries, and they're, you know, Dalvin's, Dalvin's banged up. He's still effective, but he's banged up, so, like, I get I get it. But he still got involved, so I wouldn't be concerned about his snap split. But this is something we're talking about, too, like, with snap splits, is being on the field is, like, a first step, obviously. Like, you got to get on the field, you got fancy points, and it matters for me a little more with receivers. Because um, there are plenty of running backs like Chubb and stuff like that who, like, don't have huge snap shares, but just get the ball all the time when they're in. Um, and that, that's the big thing is like when you're in, is the ball going to you more so than like, are you getting all the snaps to me? At right. Least. Which is, it's really tough if you're a wide receiver to be getting that if you're not on the field a lot, but running yeah. back, it's way more understandable. And Madison's very good. So yeah, like, yeah, your main guys a little banged up, like get Madison in, you're running the ball a bunch. Yeah, it makes sense. So, but next up we've got. Cincy at New Orleans. This one, I can't really break down until we have injury news. Like, we got to know about Higgins. We got to know about all the New Orleans receivers. We've got to know if it's going to be Jameis. Like, there's, like, Lattimore, there's too many question marks for me to really break this down. 
Right. Didn't we say the uh, Saints could have zero or three wide receivers this week? Yeah, because Olave got concussed. Michael Thomas and Jarvis were both out this past week. I think Jarvis has the best chance of all of them to play because he was like a game time decision last week and didn't play. So I think they will have at least Jarvis, but they could not. But I, I, I really don't know about the other two. Like Olave, it just depends on protocol. I got no clue with Michael Thomas. So yeah, it's it's a really injured game. This is one I'd highly advise. I think we both would to just sort of wait and see who's going to play in this book any big decisions. It's in New Orleans, according to our Bengals fans, friends. They apparently, since he usually loses to New Orleans. <laughs> um, but if New Orleans has no wideouts, then that's going to be really hard to do. So One of the... Uh, so listen, I... I uh, with my beard, I, I trim it with, with a trimmer. I don't shave anymore. But I still know a lot about razors. Uh, and one razor I have for NFL teams is... If Taysom Hill beats you, you're not a good team. Like, you're not a playoff caliber <laughs> team. And so, that's that's how it is. Like, Taysom, Taysom beat the Falcons. All right. Falcons, they're not bad, but they're not, like, a good playoff caliber team. They beat the right. Seahawks with Taysom Hill. Seahawks are not a playoff caliber team. So, Cincinnati, I think, is, like, that caliber team. And I don't think Taysom's going to beat them. And I don't, I don't know if he's going to try with Taysom or what. But I think Cincinnati... You know, barring weird circumstances on injuries, could probably pull this out. Well, thankfully, which is where I'm leaning. Like I'm leaning Cincy. Um, but <laughs> what helps is Cincinnati. A lot of people were talking about how they hadn't played any designed runners this year until the Ravens, and I'm like, well, if you're gonna play one designed run team with good tight ends, let it be the Ravens. <laughs> so I am off the Taysom Hill train for this week. Yeah, it's. Also, like, the Bengals have good safeties and linebackers. Like, you've got White Perfect. You've got uh, Bates. Like, they're, like having those two is a, is a huge help for not letting Taysom just, like, destroy you. I think the Taysom thing is, like, also if you've got bad linebackers, which applies to the Falcons and kind of Seahawks, too. Like, if you've got a rough linebacking group, Taysom will have a lot better shot at beating you. So I, I know a lot of people are kind of down on the Bengals because they haven't started the year off great, even though it was fully like kind of predicted that they would start the year off slow with an entirely new offensive line. <laughs> but who could have called that? <laughs> yeah, their defense has been very good. Mm-hmm. Um, their pa- every game this year has not gone over 20 points for the offense. Every single one. Jets got 12. Miami got 15, even though that was the two out game. Baltimore only got. 19 um and then Steelers week one when they were probably at their best with with all of their players in even they lost 23 20 in overtime so there is not a uh was there a defensive touchdown by the Steelers in that game um I want to see because that would technically yeah there was an interception return so technically the offense didn't get 20 yeah Minka pick six yep So. so Uh, I do think there's a chance since he dominates this one with their defense and, but we got to wait on some injuries. So that's kind of the kicker. Yeah. If, if New Orleans has all their guys in, like if they have Thomas Olave, Jarvis, Lattimore, would you pick them if, since he's also missing Higgins? Maybe if they're missing, if they have all of them back, Olave is kind of the big one for me. Yeah. He's been insanely good. 
yeah. Like if they have Michael Thomas and Jar and Jarvis, then maybe not because they can just sort of contain that. Um, but if they have Olave too, that might swing it. I'll put Cincy for now, just so I know where I stand in case I forget. <laughs> um, but there, that's kind of where I'm leaning. That's fair, yeah. And we do have one update for now. Uh, T. Higgins uh, didn't practice today, so not a good sign. We'll see. I kind of want him to rest. Yeah. Like, I, I think he needs to just take a week or two off. And... That would be good for him. But you just mentioned Baltimore, you know, with the design runs, and they are going to the Giants this week. Baltimore's favored by six. Uh, we're picking Baltimore to win. Not sure about the spread. Uh, minus six is tough because it was minus five and it moved up. It moved up a little bit in Baltimore's favor. I was totally on board with minus five taking the push at minus six. I might take the Giants to cover. It's- the Giants are like a weird team, especially especially if Bateman's out too. Like I don't know about his status, but yeah. Baltimore is, you know, I think they're a great team, and uh, I think they've got Super Bowl aspirations this year, as we've talked about before. The Giants are a really pleasant surprise. Dable mm-hmm. has done well. He has geared his offense to fit his players. A shocking revelation of brilliant coaching. Uh-huh. Um, Baltimore's another team that does that. So this is a really interesting head coaching matchup. I think that if uh, the Giants cover... I think we can safely say that Dable knows what he's doing as a head coach and not just like a play designer. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a this is a really good test. It is, yeah. And the reason I am still picking the Ravens to win is that the Giants don't have the receivers right now to take advantage of the Ravens secondary, which has talent, but they're way too aggressive at times. And so, yeah, like the, the Giants don't have the personnel right now to take advantage of that. And so... Saquon's really good, but it can't against the Ravens. It can't just be Saquon, and I think Baltimore's offense is gonna bring a better balance than Green Bay's did last week and take it to him. So I don't know about yeah the minus six forty five stuff too. My gut says under on that, but I don't know. I think it might be exactly forty five. Yeah, it's a very this is a very good Vegas is on their shit now. Like we know, so we know a lot more now. Vegas is pretty on it. Yeah, they're, they're starting to figure it out. Beware. Uh, <laughs> as we're going through these games, like, there isn't necessarily anybody, like, matchup-wise that, like, has stuck out to me, like, at all. Like, there's not much going on in these games, I feel like. I feel like if Bateman's out, you can probably go back to your usual. I do like Mandrews um, again. He might have to block Thibodeau a bit. But that's kind of the only guy, and Mandrews is too valuable as a catch in the offense to really just limit him to blocking. Uh huh. I do have some interest in Demarcus Robinson. Huh. The uh, because if do if Bateman's he, he out, is the number three, like snap wise for sure. Exactly. Adoree Jackson is still good, but their other guy, uh, Fabian Moreau, not so good. Sounds like a made up name. Yeah. Sounds like an old, like, Oscar Wilde name. <laughs> I'm Fabian Moreau, and this is Dorian Gray. <laughs> it sounds like someone, like, tried too hard to make up a cool, like, fake name. It's, like, kind of cool, but Fabian? Is a yeah, Fabian. I think Fabian's the issue of it. Um, right. <laughs> so, 
Yeah, next up, we've got Tampa Bay at Pitt. We both have Tampa. The total's 44, and Tampa's favored by 8. I, I have yet to decide if they're going to also beat the brakes off Pittsburgh or if Tampa's like... Okay, I'm not sure how good Tampa is. I know what you mean. <laughs> I do think by the end of the year, they'll be there. But right now, it's not the best. And if you're asking me who is a better coach between Tomlin and Bowles, it's <laughs> 100% Tomlin, without question. Yeah, I so- ugh, this I really hate this game, though, I have to say. <laughs> they Okay, so let me, let me go through the Bucks games. They beat the Cowboys 19-3 in week one. Smashed them there. Beat the Saints 20-10. Lost to the Packers 12-14. Lost to the Chiefs 31-41. And then beat the Falcons yeah, because yeah, uh, twenty-one to fifteen. I'm like, there, there's nothing in there like reassured me that there's some top-notch team. Yeah, they're they're dealing with a lot of injuries. I think they're missing some of their coaching staff. Um, Todd Bowles is terrible at second-half adjustments. This is something every Jets fan would be mm-hmm. able to tell you. Um, and. Like I guess they weren't they didn't have their left tackle for a few games and he's back now, but um they just don't look like they're clicking. No. They, I mean it could be a get right spot for them, but it is in Pittsburgh and Pittsburgh still has a really good defense. Yeah, they're still like they they have a very talented team. They just have a terrible low line and a rookie quarterback. I do think it's worth noting that the Steelers continue to still run their zone defense and Jalen isn't the only person that picks apart zone the original yeah <laughs> is tb12 that's that's my big concern with pittsburgh's chances here like god godwin should eat right like what am, yeah. i don't have a lot of bangers this week but godwin is one this could like, be a really weird fantasy week i think we know that yeah like last week a lot of what we expected to happen happened and it was it's a weird because it was an upset week but like the players we thought would do well did well, but uh-huh. all the outcomes didn't shake out about right. <laughs> I feel like this might go a little differently. Like we might kind of nail some of the picks, but we might oh, we could also nail none of the picks. But like the the player takes like we have no strong player performance takes yet really aside from Godwin just now nine games in. Like <laughs> yeah, it's like we like the running backs in New England and Cleveland. We I like Dylan in the Jets game. That's about it. Atlanta San Fran, I'm kind of just like defense and injuries. You have a lot of defense injuries. Yeah, I really like all the running backs in New England, Cleveland. Like Chubb and Ramondre are amazing options. Like I do think this since last week was upset week, this might be under week. It (laughs) might just be one of those weeks where you expect all the games to be good, and in reality, only like two or three of them are. Yeah, and they might be in the later window. Yeah. (laughs) So. With Pittsburgh, though, it's they might end up having a lot of pass volume again, and because of that, like I do think you can keep streaming Pickens. I, I think I think Pickens is gonna stay in like viable territory from here on out. He's uh, too good, and Pickett likes him. Yeah. So with the Pittsburgh uh, receivers, something kind of funny here. So I was I, I finally did my uh, like yards, air yards, touchdown sheet again, where I look at like who is you know underperforming at touchdowns and whatnot and so there's like there's some guys that stick out 
and it's funny because two of the guys that stick out are George Pickens and Deontay Johnson being pretty overdue. They both have over 250 yards and no touchdowns. Obviously, Deontay is like, you know, two centimeters away from having a touchdown. But, you know, with, with Pickens, like, he hasn't really been involved until Kenny came in. So I think that with probably higher pass volume and better quarterback play, like, they will, it will come around. Like, the Pittsburgh offense isn't going to be some powerhouse, but I think both of them will be fine and come around. I, I don't know what's going to happen with Claypool. It's just, I, I'm going to have to see everything mesh more. But, like, one thing we know for sure is that, like, Kenny Pickett likes to throw to George Pickens. Yes, so, he does. Yeah. And I, I really want to see Pickens, like, get kind of into it with the Bucks corners. Me too. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. I'd kind of be thrilled if the Steelers managed to upset the Bucks, who are really shaky. right? Um, but uh, Tom Brady against his own defense. Um, yeah. 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 That's the thing. Like, Brady showed a pretty good game, too. So Unless Minka is just back there, man. And he's just fucking it all up, which he could. It's a hard game to predict. I I think I'm taking the under. I I'm, I'm this is one where I I think I'm actually thinking I'm a little other side. I'm gonna go over because either like Tampa beats the brakes off of them, or I I think if Tampa doesn't beat the brakes off of them, Pittsburgh like finds a way to keep up. If it was too lower at 42, I'd take the over. <laughs> 44 is really close. That could be, you know, 21 17, 21 13. Tampa hasn't scored more than how many points this year? They got 31 against the Chiefs in their their comeback efforts because they were getting ripped up. (laughs) Otherwise, the most they've gotten is 21, yeah. So, that's fair, yeah. I'll reevaluate this one. Mm, This is tough. Yeah, but... We like Godwin, though. (laughs) Yes, we do like Godwin. That's a pretty for sure thing we, we have here. Um... But next up, we have Carolina at the Rams. We have Carr at Lar. I am taking the Rams, but not to cover 10 points. That's fucking ridiculous. Is there any any clip of the Rams this year that justifies them being a 10-point favorite over fucking any team? Yeah, it was 10 and a half. It came down a smidgen. They looked, I know, they looked like dog shit all year. And I'm sorry, but... Like, you don't deserve to be 10-point favorites, no matter who you play when you look like nah, that. Nah, yeah, I, I'm with you. I think they'll still win, because Carolina's not going to be able to get enough pressure on them to, like, fuck them up, but... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I think we're both in the same one there. It's Rams are probably going to win, and we're both going to pick them, but I'm not taking that spread. That is ludicrous. I'll take the Panthers to cover that. Panthers just fired their head coach, and... To be completely honest, this usually goes one of two ways. One way is they stink the week immediately after, as they figure things out, and then they do pretty well in the subsequent weeks. Or they all hated the head coach so fucking much that inspiring the team to play well is very, very easy, and they immediately look a lot better. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that... I have a strong take on which one it is, but I think overall Carolina's offense is going to improve because Matt Rule was running one of the worst and stupidest, most ineffective offenses for over a year, and it's fucking finally they're free of him. So <laughs> all of those bangers in Carolina, DJ Moore and and Christian McCaffrey, all these guys, 
I, I think, start getting a little bit more vault. Yeah, I hope so. And then the big issue, though, for me is I did forget until just now that it's probably going to be P.J. Walker. Oh, Christ. We were talking about that just now, then I'm like, wait, why are they, why are they so favored? I'm like, oh, fuck, it's P.J. Walker, isn't it? That's what I forgot about. Uh, it could be... Ba- Actually, wait, no, hold on, wait. Okay, they no, had he, him listed as questionable, so I wasn't yeah. sure. Um, yeah, he didn't go on IR, but I think they have him at two to six weeks right now. Oh, Christ. So, it is going to be P.J. Walker. I forgot about that part. Never mind. Ten points might be right then. Fuck. We, yeah. uh, I will say, though, no, no, no. Like, it's it's good to have that rant out, though, right? Because, like, yeah. against against Baker, they shouldn't be ten-point favorites, but <laughs> against, against P.J. Walker, maybe. Yeah. I, I, I will defend Baker. I... I know he hasn't been amazing this year, but I think that we we have seen this year how important coaching is. Mm-hmm. And no offense to anyone that really likes Matt Rule, but he was one of the worst fucking coaches in the league. The, the one Panthers fan I know hated him. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know many Panthers fans, to be honest. There probably aren't many. They're probably pretty localized. Uh-huh. Yeah, they're not like a, a cool franchise. They've had like Cam Newton and Steve Smith and McCaffrey now, but yeah, they really they have not really had anyone to like bring people in aside from like really Cam. He's so the only I just put uh, I put fuck me on the spread because I didn't realize that was gonna happen this week. No, I forgot about it too. I even fucking like added PJ Walker. I got him in our in our dynasty league because I won the bid. I completely forgot until just now. That's why they're ten point favorites. Uh, yeah. So I may not take the over anymore. I don't know. I guess this might just be Rams get right week. Yeah, I mean, the Rams, so the biggest story here is that the Rams, when they're under pressure, just cannot keep up. Their their offensive line is bad, and Stafford looks whack. So when they get a lot of pressure, they're completely out of sorts. And Carolina is easily one of the worst teams at pressure. And Who is their new D.C.? I don't know, because they, they got rid of Phil Snow, too. Yeah, that's what I was trying to see, because they... Okay, so... Like a couple weeks ago, I was talking about uh, Alan Robinson and how like this would probably this this could easily be uh, a Rob week because they 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 don't run a much man, which I guess man kind of has benefited a Rob and kind of Zoda has been better for Cup. But my thing with the man was that like J C Horn is a would probably be solid on a Rob, and so I'm like okay, if he doesn't get him the whole time, blah blah blah, and like but my concern now is like who's their DC because like I have no clue what kind of fucking like what they're going to run. Steve Wilkes is their secondary defensive pass game coordinator. Who's their, who he, he's the interim coach now, right? Yeah. He might be calling the defense. So he, yeah, I have no clue what his, uh, schemes were in the past. Um, he was with the, uh, the Cardinals when they had Josh Rosen. So there's not a whole lot yeah. to go off. He of was that. Carolina's DC in 2017. And then, Arizona's head coach 2018, Cleveland's coach in 20, Cleveland's DC 2019. Um, he was uh, Missouri's uh, DC in 2021, and you know, back with the Panthers this year. So I think the easy answer for the Panthers' offense is that they're going to try to run with McCaffrey because I don't think the Rams have been very good against the run. The if I'm a new coach, I'm just saying, listen, PJ, just get the ball to McCaffrey as quickly as you fucking can every time. <laughs> I, I don't remember who PJ riffed with in the past when he's played. Uh, maybe it'll be Terrace Marshall. 
That'd be hilariously random. Which he was active last week, which was good to see. Because he had yeah. been healthy scratches and they got him back involved and he produced some. So Yeah, Rams are not great against the run. So I guess that's kind of my take is Panthers will probably try to run the ball, not get too complicated with the game script, open some things up for Baker. Who, not Baker, now PJ Walker. <laughs> who, they, who he targets, I have no fucking idea. I want to uh, say it was DJ Moore a bunch, but let me look it up. Keep going. That would be nice. Because um, I drafted DJ Moore for like the first time in one of my dynasty Ooh. leagues, and he's been horrific this year, <laughs> uh, which sucks. So you have him in dynasty. In in his two games with at least twenty pass attempts, he so in twenty twenty he targeted more a bunch and um Curtis Samuel a bunch. Moore got eleven targets, Samuel got ten, Robbie got nine. Um and then against the Cardinals in this was late late last year. He targeted uh, McCaffrey 10 times and DJ Moore 7 times and Robbie 6. So he's familiar with Robbie and DJ and McCaffrey. Um, McCaffrey wasn't in that one game. It was Mike Davis. So I was like, why is Mike Davis there? Um, so he's familiar with some of these guys. Like he's played real NFL games with them. Interesting. That's so. making me have an inclination that if LaVisca's healthy and good to go, he might do all. And DJ Moore and McCaffrey. Like those three guys. Because Chenault, you can also run him. Mm -hmm. And he strikes me as closer to that Curtis Samuel type that can run it and also kind of do that swing where you run around in the backfield and then shoot up field. Yeah, and he, he's been he's been developing chemistry with some of these backups too, like in practice yeah. probably. So there's probably going to be a random backup, whether it be LaVisca or Terrace Marshall, who does well. But again, he is familiar with these guys. The problem is just... The Rams' defense is solid. However, I will say, like, they've not actually been that that great. Um, they've got talent, and like, I think they like like there'll be times where Aaron Donald wrecks your shit, and like Ramsey picked him off, and this is that. But they've they've not been getting much pressure like at all. Um, so they're second worst actually uh, in pressure generated, and they're not really missing anybody. I they just. Uh... <laughs> They're not getting it done. Yeah, and they're blitzing at the sixth highest rate. So that's re that's really fucking bad. <laughs> like so, I I get it. Like backup quarterback against the like Panthers backup quarterback favored by ten sounds about right. But I don't think I don't think it's gonna be like a total shit show. I'm saying fuck it. I'm still taking the Panthers. <laughs> Ten's probably about right. Yeah, it was ten and a half, and I was like, fuck that. Uh huh. I just think this is an under week and this game's going to be gross and it could be a really low scoring affair for the Panthers. But I also think they're just going to make it easy. They, the Rams defense hasn't been that great. So in that game against Arizona, they put up 34 points. Like they've, they've put up points with PJ Walker playing a full game before yeah. they put up 20 in that one against Detroit. They beat him 20 zip. Um, this was back in 2020. Yeah. Literally just last year in November, they put up 34 points with P.J. Walker. so. And we do know that Walker can escape pressure. And if they're not getting much pressure, then he might not get sacked all. Yeah, but he will he will get the ball to McCaffrey. So yep. I, I, if, if, you're concerned, if you're concerned about McCaffrey, don't be. Um, yeah. 
I don't know what to tell anybody about the receivers. That's a little tough, but if LaVisca is good to go and gets a full practice because it's a hamstring, like if he's a game time, I don't want him. But if he's healthy and good to go, I kind of like him. If not, then uh, I... yeah, we'll see <laughs> there. But next up, we've got Arizona at Seattle. We both have Arizona and they're not having them covering the two and a half. The 50 and a half total, I'm a little unsure on. You've got the under right now. That's where I was kind of leaning. Yeah, and I'm pretty confident in the under on that. My concern is that, like, there's a chance this is a Seattle collapse spot, but what are you thinking? Uh, I think it's possible. Look, Gino, Gino legitimately played amazingly last week. He's he been playing super throws. well, aside from, like, the San Fran oh, game. Like, he had some throws into triple coverage that were on fucking point and absolutely amazing. Like, I cannot knock that. However, Arizona barely lost to the Eagles. And gave the Eagles a lot of uh, a lot of trouble. They were blitzing a lot and not getting sacks. I don't know exactly if that translated well, but I do know that Vance Joseph kind of takes a little bit of time to put his defense together. It's sort of like a Spagnolo thing. <laughs> it takes him like the first four or five weeks for him to figure out his defense. Spag- Spagnolo sometimes it's like eight weeks. Um, <laughs> But I, I I don't love Arizona right now. They need, really need Hopkins back, and I can't stress that enough. But <laughs> I think I'm taking the divisional upset under with Arizona. So I'm pulling up the week four stats versus the – so they're going into week four stats for Arizona versus this week. So they – trying to find where they're blitzed for whatever it was, but – they they blitz a ton, but the amount of pressure they've gotten is like fully varied. But the they've not converted to sacks is the issue. They've they've got like they've been getting pressure, but not sacks. They finally got two sacks. So their first uh, four weeks, they were getting one sack a game with the third highest blitz percentage. It was terrible. Uh huh. And then last week they got two sacks, which is tough against Hertz. Um, and I think they started to disguise some blitz packages so they could, uh, mess with Hertz a little bit more. Vance Joseph has started to put his defense together mm-hmm. and Seattle's fun. They got really good skill players, but their defense is cheeks. And so this is kind of an easy matchup for Kyler. And when I, when Kyler has an easy matchup, it's, it's pretty hard to, uh, bet against him in that offense doing well. Yeah. And like so, Arizona, like their their pressure rate's gone down, but they've they've been connecting more on sacks. They haven't been blitzing quite as much, I don't think. But yeah, they they oh, good. To, they they need to not blitz so much because it was not working. Yeah, and you have linebackers that can kind of go all over the place, like Isaiah Simmons and and Zayvon Collins. These are guys that can that can rush after the quarterback. They can also drop back into coverage, uh-huh. and I think that was what helped them out a lot against uh, the Eagles where they were dropping back a good amount and faking the blitz. Yeah. Like you got to use your versatile players in versatile ways. Like, (laughs) yep. And And I think they started to figure that out. mm -hmm. The, uh, the big injury thing for this game is Rashad Penny's done for the year. It's Kenneth Walker time. So, I mean, I expect, I mean, I expect him to do well. He's, he's just, he's good. And Seattle runs a lot. Um, I do want to say though on Arizona, the 
the other matchup in the top five of these trench rankings was Arizona. They were second, actually, against Seattle. Um, it's all about Seattle being bad, by the way. Uh, <laughs> the Cardinals are, like, a little above average, but Seattle's third worst there in just in line yards. And so Daryl Williams has already been ruled out, I think. If not, he's probably not going to play. And then, yeah, um, yeah, and then James Conner didn't practice today. So we might be getting Eno Benjamin game. Um, I assume Keontae Ingram will be active in place of Daryl. Then we might have like Jonathan Ward active if Connor's out too. But yeah, I think it's I think this is where we get Eno Benjamin game. Eno Benjamin week if he's the only guy there. If um, um if Connor is also out and Williams, Keontae Ingram actually interests me in DFS lineups because I liked him in pre-draft process. So like a sixth round running back. Uh-huh. He's got that uh, Justin Jackson bop bop sort of mentality, and the Seahawks cannot stop the run or yeah. the pass or anything. So yeah, I was gonna mention Eno on DraftKings is only like four point six, so he's like barely off the minimum. So I assume Keontae's probably the minimum, but for only six hundred more, you can get the guy who's been playing. So that's that's where I would go with that. But definitely go grab Keontae Ingram though, like. Yeah. At this point, he's probably a guy to like make sure you start stashing because Eno's already been stashed. That's too yeah. late. So <laughs> yeah, he got a touchdown last week, right? I think so. I'll check. But Eno's good. Like, yeah. He he's a weird case where he fell a ton staying in school longer in the draft. But right. like Herm Edwards fucking raved about him. So <laughs> yeah, I don't know Herm Edwards. I, I you know. Didn't end up going great for him head coaching wise back in college, but like, I don't know he's not gonna like bullshit about liking some player that he doesn't actually like. So, you right. uh, know, Discord last week, and he's been involved in the passing game anyway. Uh, like four of the five weeks, he's gotten four targets. So, there we go. But I think I can put Kyler as a banger though. Yeah, he'll be good. And then tight ends against Seattle, Ertz man. It's Ertz time. Yeah. So. <laughs> Taysom is gonna mess up the stuff because he might like he counts as a tight end in a lot of formats, so that's gonna fuck up the the points even more. But he's not really a tight end. But actual tight ends have been crushing Seattle, so yeah. And then I do want to also let uh, mention that Rondale, uh, he he did instantly come back to a ton of snaps and he's playing a ton. Yeah, so, he's good to go. Yeah, so he's yeah he's. He's safe, and he's a great PPR option just because he gets those really, really short uh, catches. And I got another update. Um, they're ex- currently expecting him to miss. Connor, that is. So Fire up your Enos. Yeah. Got to get the Benjamins. Get them Benjis. I think I have him in one league. I'm not sure. But this game, there's a chance this also becomes a firework game. But like I said, I'm a little worried about Seattle's output here. Yeah, I am too. It's I, I'm totally happy for Gino, but I do know that in the back of my mind there is that that sort of lingering. Well, it, it, it Gino could have a pumpkin game, and I don't think he will. But uh, I don't think he's gonna have as easy of a time in this one. I will say the good thing is it's pretty condensed. Like it's Lockett, DK, running back, and sometimes a tight end. So that part helps. Yeah. <laughs> but. Next up, game of the week, Buffalo at Kansas City. We both have Let's Kansas City. Let's fucking go. Yeah. I'm taking the over. I don't care what they put it at. <laughs> right. It could then, be 60. I'm taking the over. Yeah. Buffalo's a two and a half point favorite on the road here, which kind of surprised me. So we're taking Kansas City to cover. So 
Is it just because they like just donged on the Steelers? I, I guess mean, it's I don't gotta know. Gotta be it. Maybe yeah, I don't know. And the Kansas City like barely beat the Raiders, but but we are both taking Kansas City. I don't know who thought it was a good idea to make Mahomes a home point underdog. <laughs> um, I know that Buffalo's gonna come in guns blazing after that AFC Championship game, which was one of the best playoff games ever. But but. Kansas City's defense is playing a lot better this year. They're not a zone defense team like the Steelers. They switch things around a lot. I do think Buffalo is probably going to score in droves. Like they're I think they're gonna have like fourteen point swings in this one, if that makes sense. Like I can Buffalo see that. scores, yeah. they score again. They might even score a third time before Kansas City, you know, does anything. And then Kansas City also scores, scores again. Yeah. Both of these teams, like, have some streakiness in them. Like, they both have a ton of firepower, but, like, they'll, you know, take a couple of these shots on one, like, you know, in a couple of consecutive plays and it'll flop or something like that. Or, like, penalty happened. Like, like a holding one, one of the quarterbacks to scramble. Like, those kind of things will, like, randomly kill one of the drives obviously they can keep it alive but yeah i I could definitely see that like going weirdly but i I think it's gonna get to the over regardless (laughs) yeah kansas city also has been running the ball rather effectively this year if you can run on tampa you can definitely run on the bills the bills have no run game so it's gonna all come down to jallen and Diggs and gabe davis and all them so I'm expecting a great game. I expect Jalen to be a banger and get a ton of uh, rushing yards as well. But their secondary is bad. And that's why I also expect Mahomes to have a very... Yeah, the the Kansas City run defense prior to the Raiders game had been um, pretty good, but Josh Jacobs kind of ran all over him, and the Raiders have have a good run game. The Bills' run defense has actually been pretty solid, weirdly enough. Um, They hate running, but they're... They hate it. Yeah, they're first in adjusted line yards allowed. They're second in RB yards. They are, let's see. I uh, don't know that stuff said, but I mean, those two, they're they're good. So they've yeah. been 11 running backs. They're fourth in second level yards allowed, second in open field yards. Um, For me, fir- it's just first like in stuff rate. Who they've played. Like, That's true. They thing. haven't played a whole lot of balanced offenses. They haven't, like, even the Baltimore. Um, Lamar was 11 for 73, so that's nice. Uh, but <laughs> oh, that's true. Yeah, Lamar playing the Ravens like always skews your running back allowed stuff. In fairness, right. it makes you look a lot different because yeah, they played, they held Derrick Henry in check really well, and the Dolphins did nothing against them, and the Steelers did nothing against them in the run game. So <sighs> that, that's what it's yeah, doing. Yeah, that game was bad though. Like the the Titans were dog shit. Yeah. to start the year. But, so I think there's a little context to it. I do think you can run on the Bills with, with the uh, Chiefs O line. I definitely think you can. Yeah, they they've been running. I mean, they got like a line, so I guess I could see them bucking the trend. But I think what'll happen is they'll both just go super pass heavy, and it'll just be pass heavy back and forth the whole game. I I would imagine. I think it'll be more pass heavy for the Bills. I do think that Mahomes throws a good amount, but I also think that they're gonna run on the ground because they they can, and it'll. It's just there. <laughs> Do you think it's going to be McKinnon or Clyde this week more? Um, I think Clyde gets the between the tackles runs, but uh, you know, McKinnon 
McKinnon's good for that uh, 30-yard swing touchdown pass out of the backfield. McKinnon looked pretty good last week when they got him going. Jet McKinnon. Yeah. He, he has those streaks where he's, like, really good for a bit. I, I do want to add as well with Kansas City. They uh, actually still think both of these teams with their pass catchers. is kind of funny. Um, so another there was another pair of uh, teammate receivers in the overview category, and it was Juju and MVS, actually. Um, they are both overdue for touchdown and it's because the touchdowns are just not going to the receivers it's going to travis kelsey and clyde and the backup running backs and tight ends it's just like the receivers are getting nothing like i think harden has one and that's it yeah so (laughs) i think it will eventually turn around and this could be the game with all the points that it turns around for them so if I think if you've been, you know, sitting on your laurels with Juju a bit and you're like, do I play in this week? Do I not? If you're torn between him and if you're torn with him and someone else, I think that this game environment would, I, I think any Chiefs player, Bills player, if you're torn, go with the one in this game. Just because it's going to be such a beautiful environment. And then the uh, super high points. like Yeah. On the other end of it, the hilarious part was that all the Bills receivers were overperforming in that category. Like, Isaiah McKenzie <laughs> has, like, three touchdowns on, like, 150 yards. Diggs is overperforming, like, two touchdowns. And then Gabe Davis is overperforming by, like, like one and three fourths touchdowns. Like, they're all overperforming by yardage. But this is the Bills offense. So, that's it's going to happen that way is the thing. Yeah. That, and that's what I was like. I wrote this whole thing about, like, you know, regression candidates, this, this, that. But... If the offense leans that way or, like, the players are elite, like, there are certain exceptions to it all. And then also on the other end, there are going to be guys like, you know, like Nico Collins or like Cortland Sutton who might just stay on the list for a while. So Yeah. Man, can't they switch this to the Monday night game? I mean, seriously. Oh, dude, I would love for this to be a night game in general. This would be a wonderful like, primetime game. Like, come on. We have to watch the Broncos again in primetime <laughs> instead of Buffalo and Kansas City, two of the best teams in the NFL. Oh, my God. Dude, the fact that they fucking... <laughs> this is garbage. I mean, fuck Denver fucking primetime so much. I really hope they get the fucking break speed off of them. But, yeah, everyone, everyone in this game's a banger. Right. Everyone, take your pick. I think 16. even Singletary's fine too, just because he could catch enough passes. Like, oh yeah, yeah. This is this is one that in DFS I do want to stack. Uh, it's expensive, but if we we've, we're getting value opening up with fucking Eno and stuff, so it'll be doable. Yeah, and I mean some of those Kansas City receivers are will be cheap, and you can yeah. probably just take a flyer on a couple of those guys. And some of those Bills wide receivers will be cheap too like you could get khalil shaker or something for super cheap i'm sure yeah yeah keep an eye on zay mckenzie because his status will be big like if he's in he's kind of cheap and if if he's out like khalil shakir is super cheap so yeah he was out last week i think he might be back this week though. Mm -hmm. because it was concussion right with him yeah so keep an eye on that but oh this is gonna be a juicy game but next up we've got dallas at philly we both have philly over and dallas cover wow look at that right in the sink uh Aha. Totals 42, the spread's Philly by six and a half. So that's why we're in this spot. So how are you feeling about this one? Uh, this is an interesting game that I wouldn't have predicted to be interesting the way the year started. Uh, but here's why. Dallas blitzes like crazy. They have Dan Quinn. They get a lot of pressure. Um, they don't blitz like 
an exorbitant amount of people. They just get creative with it. Hertz actually struggles against the Blitz. Um, and I think that Arizona kind of showed the league ways to help contain that offense. So I do think that Dallas's defense is going to come through in a big way against Philly. Now, will it be enough? Probably not. I'll take Dallas to cover, but at the end of the day, Philly is going to dominate the trench matchups, um, probably on both sides of the ball. For some reason, Dallas has like one of the best ranked run defenses, and I think that's entirely because of who they've played. I don't believe in that. Their roster to me shows nothing that they would be good at, uh, like really good against the run. Um, and they have played Tampa and Cincy, who both have had O-line issues. The Giants, uh, and then Washington and the Rams, all of whom are have some reason not to be super great against the run. So I do think Philly tries to run the ball, and I think they do it effectively to take some pressure off of Hurts. I think it's a pretty close game. I'm taking the over barely. But yeah, that's, that's pretty much where I'm at with it. It's like 42. It's hard to take the under on that. And it's a night game, so I don't want to bet the under in a <laughs> game that I want to be exciting. <laughs> that's fair, too. Yeah, I just I, I do think it'll go over, though, just because there's enough talent on both sides, even with a backup quarterback for Dallas, that they'll make it happen. Right. Yeah, for, so Fournette did well against Dallas in week one. Um, Mixon didn't get anything going. Saquon was efficient, didn't get many attempts. The Washington backs just, like, split everything. And then, obviously, the Rams did nothing. So, it's... Yeah, it's definitely doable to run on them. The big... I thought you were going to say this, too. Uh, with the the Rundy and Hurts and this everything was, like, will Micah Parsons over-pursue or not? <laughs> like, yeah. If he can break down and defend Hurts properly and not over-pursue all game, then Dallas could very well win this. But he's been he's pro to that, yeah. so. But, I mean he he's been amazing this year though. Like oh yeah, I mean he's a great pass rusher. He's just yeah. not a great coverage linebacker. Yeah, he's improving some. Like I've seen it be a little better, but he just plays a hundred and ten percent every snap, and so he'll like go 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 go, and then like if they go no huddle, he gets tired quickly because he's going fucking intensely every snap. So I'm very interested to see what Dallas's pass rush looks like against a justifiably very good offensive line. They are all questionable. Um, so hopefully the Eagles line holds up. Mm-hmm. Actually, now that I'm looking at it, all four of their five linemen have a questionable. Yeah. So, I mean, we'll need to see practice reports and stuff like that too. Cause I don't, I don't know if we have their today reports yet or not, but as we get through the week, we'll have more on that. Yeah. I don't, I don't see anything for Thursday yet, but this will be a good game, though. I, I severely underestimated this division. Like, I thought it would just be Philly. I didn't think much of Dallas or um, the Giants. Every year, there's, like, a defense that I underrate and a defense I overrate. I severely underrated Dallas' defense. They've been awesome. No one has scored 20 points against them yet. Yeah. Like, we were talking about with the Bengals. Like, Dallas has held everybody in check, like, really well. Like, Diggs is playing actually better. I think you were someone in our group, you mentioned that, like, he's doing more than just being hyper aggro every snap. Like, <laughs> yeah, he's gotten better. Yeah. D- Dan Quinn's a really good DC. Yeah. He's a, he's a very good DC. He's yeah. just not a good head. Some guys can't do it. Yeah. Wade and Phillips. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad Dan's back in the role. He should be it. Like that's sometimes you just got to be in your right role. It, it's 
perfectly okay nothing, to be like yeah, nothing wrong with that yeah and like you're an nfl defensive coordinator like that's that's plenty good enough in life to be satisfied <laughs> come on <laughs> so it's like would you rather be a super bowl winning defensive coordinator or a seven and nine head coach like, exactly it's, yeah there's no question so yeah I'm, I'm looking forward to this game though this will be a sunday night game i'm the primetime games have been kind of shitty this year. I was looking through the schedule, and they get a lot better. They're starting... So, I think what they're doing... What they're doing is, while we're all still, like, fucking thirsty for football, they're giving us this shit. Like, <laughs> please, may I have some more? Like, that kind of bullshit. And then, week seven, eight, as we're, like, more used to it, they're like, all right, let's give them the main course. Like, here's the good food. Right. Like, they're doing it in reverse. Like, usually, you serve the good wine first, but, like, they know they know we're fucking thirsty for this shit, so... I think they also way overhyped the Broncos, which we were we definitely talked about a lot this offseason. Yeah. And they gave the Broncos a ton of primetime games that they shouldn't have because they don't know what they're fucking doing. I thought the Broncos would be better, and I guess this is kind of our transition. I thought they would be better than they are. Like, I don't think either of us thought they would be this garbage. No. I expected them to be worse than the media wanted us to believe because I didn't believe in Hackett just, like, immediately coming in and doing well. I believed more in Russ, though, playing very well. But I got to say, last Thursday was one of the worst games I've ever seen Russ play. It was easily the worst game I've ever seen him play, and it was justifiably, like, one of the worst quarterback games. That was horrendous. It was so bad. He looked looked lost. Russ looked like absolute shit. He was overthrowing everything everyone he was missing reads yeah there was like an easy judy pass he missed i remember yeah it was so (laughs) bad dude it was brutal i do have a theory my theory is that the play design itself is just terrible it's not even necessarily play calling it's just literally they're not designing good offenses for their skill pieces and their o-line is not holding up long enough uh, for them to have these deep developing routes, and Russ isn't identifying his targets in his reads well. Like, I think they just need to completely change the offense. Yeah, like, I think almost every other play, I'm like, what the fuck was that when I watched the Broncos? Seriously. It's so rough, and I, I agree with you. Like, they are just running shitty plays. <laughs> and, like, it's ridiculous. And they're like, it might be like a lot of, like, also, like, choosing the wrong play for the wrong scenario and stuff like that. And, there are like the, the, the literally this last Broncos game. I think there was another time where it's like they fucked up their timeouts again. Like, yeah. And he even after he hired what's his name to help him out. Like, <sighs> this is this is tough. I so we're picking the Chargers to win. I want them to cover five and like beat the brakes off the Broncos. But the Broncos D is pretty good as a problem, and so it's hard to beat the brakes off the Broncos. Probably the the unit I feel the most bad for in the league is the Broncos. Yes, I agree, dude. Their defense is so good. So like they with any competent offense, they would be an undefeated team the way their defense is playing. And they're just playing horrifically. This this God, this fucking Hackett offense. That's the thing. Yeah, that's the thing is I trust some coaches to figure it out. Like uh, like with the Rams. I trust McVay to figure out how to get Allen Robinson integrated because right now what he has designed for Robinson isn't working with how bad the O-line is playing and they need to fix that. Mm-hmm. I do not trust the Broncos to figure this out. I I really don't. I, I don't see it getting better because 
the only thing that happens with a defense is it gets more and more injured as the season goes on. Mm -hmm. And if the defense gets, starts to get injured, uh, they're not going to be able to keep these games close anymore with the way the offense is playing. Yeah. The, the storyline for this working out for the Broncos is they get stops on the chargers and the chargers go for it on fourth down, like five different times in this game and get none of them. Like (laughs) that would be the way the Broncos win, which I hope doesn't happen. But yeah. the Chargers have enough offensive talent. Like, we saw the Raiders put up points on the Broncos. Like, you can, you can still attack them and beat them. Like, so I think the Chargers have enough offensive talent. I hope they have Keenan Allen back. Like, if they get Keenan back, I'll pick them to cover. Like, Her- Herbert definitely misses them, though, for sure. I did forget, and this is another reason I'm taking the Chargers and probably to cover, the Broncos did suffer injuries last week in the defense because um, they were already without Randy Gregory. I think they lost um, Ronald Darby for the year. Hmm. So now it's kind of Pat Sertan by himself. They went from having three good corners to one. See, Garrett Bowles got put on IR too. Um, yeah, and he's the left tackle. Yeah, Justin Simmons has been, and Michael Ojemudia have both been designated to return, but I don't know when they'll be back, especially if it'll be for this week or not. A lot of times it's not the same week, unless you're like fucking Brian Robinson. But, <laughs> dude, him like so in in the stadium they just play the instrumental. But like him walking out to many men was fucking wonderful. That was like the coldest shit. That was so good. I'm like, ah, oh, what a boss. Yeah, what a legend. Yeah, I'm 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 looking forward to watching it tonight. But is there anything else with this game before we close out? You want to get to? Um, would it be like better if they just? let Russ call the offense and just kind of play backyard football. Like, I, I honestly think it would be better. Probably. Because, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, it would be. The plays are running are garbage, so. Do you have any interest in any Broncos running backs with uh, the Chargers' run D as it currently is? Yeah, like, Melvin Gordon's going to get a bunch of touches, and, like, Mike Boone could get enough work to be, like, a, you know, playable, so. Right. Yeah, Ugh. and it's like it's a revenge game for Melvin as well. I know he's had a couple, but yeah. Ah, yeah, he's had he's had a couple. He's bounced around a bit, but yeah, I, I mean, they. I mean, Melvin Gordon's guaranteed work. I don't know, like, the Chargers defense is you know has gotten a bit banged up. So I think the Broncos will will do something, but I don't know how much. <laughs> is the thing again? This is one where I don't have like a strong feeling in general on fantasy stuff in this game. Well, they get a ridiculous amount of time to prepare for the game because they were Thursday and now they're Monday. So mm-hmm. they get, you know, like 15 days or whatever it is. Yeah. If if Keenan Allen comes back, I think he'll crush. Yeah. Because it would be uh, Sertan on Mike Williams for the most part. And then, yeah, Keenan would just kind of get free reign. Maybe it's just an Eckler game again. <laughs> <laughs> it could be. But yeah, if Keenan's good to go. I, I really like Keenan. Yeah, I haven't seen Sertan will, Yeah, Sertan will be on Williams most likely. So, yeah, keep it on Keenan Allen. But uh, we we, so we have teams on by this week. That's why this was a little shorter. We have four teams on by. Um, Detroit, Tennessee, the Raiders, and Houston are all, all on by this week. So, And all four of those teams could really use the bye week. To yeah, kind of yeah, some of these teams actually need that bye. So, <laughs> but... Thank you for tuning in. In the meantime, you can find us online at mozzythemuscle.com, putting up a bunch of articles. And then you can find us on Twitter and TikTok at Mozzie and the Muscle.